1: Really? Okay, so it's becoming more industry accepted and I didn't know
2: that. Well, there used to be a thing that, uh, it was short-lived, it was probably even half, it was pretty good, I don't know what happened to it, It's called Clout. Do you guys know Clout? mm mm-hmm. Clout was a good thing, because what, what Clout did is it, it, it aggregated all of your social media sites and it gave you a global social media score. Um, and um, I actually, I actually know of of producers and directors and um, showrunners, everybody they wouldn't look at you unless your clout was like above fifty-five.
1: Because marketing-wise, if you're if you're working with a writer who is better known, who has more clout, that makes sense. I mean, there, a lot of people get on like film studios, producers. They get on you for like, oh, they're, they're picky and they won't invest in stuff. But it's a business for them. They have to invest in things that they know will make money. Um, I know with Kickstarter a number of years ago. Uh, the Veronica Mars movie was one of the first, like, full budget, like, theatrically released things to be Kickstarter funded. if you're interested in Kickstarter, I highly recommend. I don't know if is available in digital copies, but if you have the DVD copy of that movie, there's an entire documentary on how they did the Kickstarter, start to finish, on how fans were involved, and it has fascinating interviews with how all of the executives at Warner Brothers felt about the Kickstarter, and they were very happy. Because at that time, <clears> mystery <throat> movies weren't something they can invest in, and they actually kind of deal with Warner Brothers. Who writes? The they said, if we fund and make this film, you have to distribute it for us. And there was a whole contract before they just started. have it so they did this weird hybrid of uh-huh. stuff that happened. So I think if you're a creator and you are considering any of. I mean, there's so many, there's so many opportunities out there now online with the tools you can use. Any of this stuff, and you go to a panel and you talk to us. Don't be like, I'm going to do your exact plan. Pick and choose what works for you because there's definitely a, different levels that you, That's can, to be you can do, thing.
2: do it, it's a hybrid, hybrid. thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And um, I know all of you guys are here because you want to make money. But my, to me, at least half the benefit of using. Kickstarter on Patreon. The lesson is was talking about, it isn't flat about making money. It's about getting to do projects where you have support while you're doing the projects and motivation. You have fans who are maybe reading, like, are, are you posting, I think, as you're, as you're writing, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah,
1: so you're getting feedback from people who like you enough to pay on Patreon every month. So they're paying customers who tell you if what you're doing is any good or not. They're paying you to tell you if like normally you, years ago you would have to hire like people to do this for you yeah. and essentially people will not pay you to tell you what they want you to make. It's great. Almost so like you getting beta readers, right? What? Almost like getting beta readers. Yeah, like getting beta readers that are paying to be your beta readers that are yep. like your biggest fans. So
2: wow.
1: it's actually they get they get a bonus out of it, but you do as well. Mm-hmm. And like because I also do paintings, one of the things I do is like if you look at any of my books, like this one that we did last year. This is a 160-page book with a picture at least, I mean, some of them are two-page spreads, but okay, it's at least 80 pictures. I pre-sold most of these on Patreon before I even painted them. So what I do is, if you're a Patreon subscriber, and I, when I started doing Patreon, it was because people asked me for one. I was like, oh, okay. And I was just gonna do like tiny little things, and everyone said, no, you have to put original paintings up there. I was like, that's insane. What else I could do with a payment plan? You subscribe for four months, you get a painting at 30 bucks a month, I'm gonna get a decent amount and I'm gonna have all my paintings sold from my books. Um, And then the ones that are even more detailed, Patreon subscribers get first choice to buy them at 20% off. I don't have to list them, I don't have to go to galleries, I don't have anybody else taking a cut. So I get that material to use in my printed products, but I'm pre-selling that stuff and I know I have nine paintings sold a month that are paying my mortgage. Like that's great, like having that level of Reliable income is like a big huge, a huge thing. Reliable people supporting like a project that you're doing, whether it's chapters in a book or paintings for a project.
2: Or do you let people vote on, on anything for your projects? No, I don't. Uh, I, I I have my own thing. Um, my big deal is that is that I have a. It's, it's not a self worth issue. I, I know that I, I know that I'm great. Writer. I know that I do but it's, it's the idea. Of, um, there's so many degrees of separation between me and my readership, right? So to actually actually engage my readership on a, on a on a on a one degree of separation is kind of scary. So, um, and it's totally a different experience. It is totally different experience, and. And what made me decide to go Patreon is, um, we all know who Amanda Palmer is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. right? So Amanda Palmer's real game is what? And um, she was here in uh, 2017, I think, with uh, her, her, her family and, and they did a pop-up a pop up show at the, at the theater. And uh, we went to see, to see some foods and, and, and saw her and everything else and I had heard of Patriot um, before I really didn't know what it was so what I did is I went on her site and on her site there's a big long thing to where she talks about um, um, this is why I do Patriot and, 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 and people want to help they, they want to be involved in the group process. It's, it's not like you're pushing yourself on them they're taskfully asking you'd be part of your uh, your process. And that changed a little bit, um, my mindset as well. Plus, she has thirty four thousand patrons and about nine dollars a month. <laughs> oh my gosh. That
3: doesn't sink. So doesn't you sink you know, So you know you
2: can you can do the math on that, you know? She can breathe. I have a cup of coffee and she's made
1: by my Well, a big part of it too is as a creator, you are putting so much time into writing a book, painting a picture, doing both, making music, whatever it is you do. How much control do you want over that? When it's released, what font is used, what does the cover look like, how is it going to be marketed? Some people, they just, they don't want to, it's a lot of work. They don't want to even be involved in hiring people. They want a publisher to do that, and that's awesome. But if you also choose to do it through your or Patreon, you get full control over that stuff. And if you have a lot of subscribers, you can actually ask them. So um, my initial books were all kind of 6 by 9 books. They were this size. And we started going to like the 8 by 10. So these are more expensive. I mean, this is a full color book. And we just did, the one we just funded is a 200 page 8 by 10 full color book, very expensive. So I said, hey, for the next project, why don't we go back to doing like a smaller, more affordable book? That I want to give you guys like a break because you just spend all this money on like an expensive book. Let me give you guys a budgetary break and we'll do the next one. No, there was a resounding <laughs> no. We don't care if it costs ten to fifty dollars more. We want the big book, and that like as a creator is great to know because you don't always have like you can have the words since you can be published. You can have uh, you have so many books out, but you don't always have the confidence for like what is someone going to spend. And I think people like Kickstarter and Patreon as well because at that point, what you're spending on the book mm-hmm. after the printing cost goes entirely to the creator. It might, some of it might go for marketing or other things, but when it's for a traditional publisher, a lot of it is staying with publisher. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there is that motivation for fans to say, if I invest in this, I know I'm like directly giving to someone who I admire. That's huge.
2: Mm-hmm. You 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 have different tiers.
1: I do, and actually what happened for me is that um, <laughs> I almost failed my first Kickstarter. So the difference, if you guys don't know, between Kickstarter and Patreon, and there are other services like Indiegogo that are similar, but if you're thinking about it as a creator, I'd recommend going with those two. Some other services, I will flat out say, the back end on Indiegogo is better than Kickstarter or Patreon. The service works better, but they do not have the PR or reputation that Kickstarter does. So you are better on Kickstarter or Patreon than any of the other services just because they are known to accept that people feel comfortable pledging money on. So Patreon is something where people subscribe monthly, and Kickstarter is something where people pledge once. So I use both when we're working on a book that's on Patreon, and when we go to print the book, that's the Kickstarter. And I said, I was really shocked that some people would support me every month and then turn around and also like pledge for a physical copy of a book on a Kickstarter. And I started to realize you could use these things together. You could say, they're going to get a bookmark no one else gets if they do both. Or when I do a deck of cards, they'll get a card in their deck that no one else gets if they do both. It costs me 20 extra cents, but it gives them something that they get a special thank you. And then there's people on the Kickstarter, they're like, wait a minute, those guys are getting something extra. Let me go check out the Patreon. So anytime you can cross-promote things, I've done things where I've said, if you're a Patreon subscriber you can find me at a convention and you wear this shirt, We have a lot of people with this t-shirt, it's not blue. You'll get a free, any free $1 item from my booth. So it gets people encouraged to interact in different ways with you. So anytime you can kind of cross those things over, uh, I think is is also like really smart as a creator. So I have a question about the tiers. So does does Patreon manage that for you? If you're like, okay, you know, my third tier people get, you know, first view of a, a picture. Okay. Do you have a list or so do they have Here's a list? how this works. Um, on both Patreon and Kickstarter, you have tiers. Tiers are the amount of money someone's pledging, whether it's monthly or whatever, and what they get for it. Uh, on Patreon, whenever you make a post, it's very similar if you've done other social media, you make a post. But on Patreon, you pick, am I posting an image? Uh, am I attaching files? Am I posting a video? Like, There's different types of things you can post. When you make that post, you choose, is it public? Anyone in the world can see it. Is it just for specific tiers to see oh, okay. so you can actually filter it that way and then they also tell you if you actually give out monthly rewards like i, I have certain tiers where you get mailed, like a little print and a sticker you get mailed. we start doing collectible trading cards every month, like different things in the mail um, it'll actually give you a list of like here's who gets this here's their addresses and they can export as a spreadsheet so i just like really import it it prints envelopes like i have it all automated now it took me three years to okay. figure out how to do it But it will it will do that. And Kickstarter is kind of similar. Um, and I think that's a huge point of like I don't know what tiers you have on yours. But I found that it's very important to have low
2: tiers and high tiers. Yeah, there's a philosophy out there to have an unreachable tier. Right? So I have I have um I have a two dollar tier, I have a five dollar tier, I have a seven dollar tier. Fourteen dollar tier, a hundred dollar tier, and a six hundred and sixty-six dollar tier. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have one person who subscribes to hundred dollar tier,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and most most everybody, most everybody is in is in the fourteen dollar range because that gives up everything everything that I do from coaching to my novels and I'm posting them, my the novellas I'm posting and all the ephemera that I provide. So for okay. the fourteen dollars gives is pretty much everything, but if if you if you if you get if you get higher than that then then you get um you get a lot of different shout outs and a lot of different things and you'll get like a random mail from me some gift, you know, that I found. It's just, you know, something that's kind of fun.
1: And actually, the weirder you can be with some of your Tears, I have a friend who's just started new patron, and I'm so jealous. She's a genius. I'm so much. Mad. She made all of her Tears as if you're stalking her, and the more you pay, the closer you get. And the highest hundred dollar on is you're licking her brain. And I'm like, oh, I think of that. That is so smart. That's um, yeah,
0: fabulous.
1: Yeah, there are people who want to support you who are other authors, other creators, who literally have like a dollar a month if you have something yeah. where like yeah, online for a dollar a month you get a lot of digital stuff you get coloring pages stuff i'm doing anyway for my coloring books mm-hmm. and you get to vote if i have my like, that <laughs> is a huge problem so i'll often put up like here's a list of 25 creatures we're making and putting into the project we're working on and let people vote on their favorites and then i keep like oh here's the 10 that everybody liked and i will be going and second guessing with someone so um i use like i have some involvement i'd say if you're if you're offering anything to your fans and you guys know this probably if you've done anything at conventions but if you're offering anything to fans make sure you outline what the
2: limitations are for sure <laughs> um,
1: like like Manager. you're talking about setting
2: people some, expectations
1: Manage their expectations like i'll say hey if you subscribe at this level you can request creatures within reason it can't okay. be something copyrighted. It can't be something pornographic. Like there's obviously, like it has to fit into what we're doing collectively. It well, can't be like, something pornographic. That's, that's not a special tier. Yeah. <laughs> But I know plenty of creators, that's what OnlyFans is for. If you guys haven't heard OnlyFans, that's the other one. Uh, OnlyFans is very similar to Patreon, but they allow a lot more adult material. And if you really don't care about anything as a creator and just want to make some money, there is a girl on there who wears almost nothing and dips her butt in paint and swirls it on a canvas and sells the canvases for two grand a piece and makes a boat well, so <laughs> <laughs> they look like nothing but they were painted
2: yeah. with
1: some hot girl butt. so <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's definitely easier ways to make money if all you want to do but i think as a creator if what you're trying to do i think especially here at that a lot of us we like to challenge ourselves we want to keep evolving and i mean and even if you're doing commercially published traditional books you still have that desire like wesley's talking about to do projects of your own that might not might not be a successful one might not be picked up by kind of the
2: traditional or or you know I, I i think i think that what i'm going to do um once they're finished i can sell them to a traditional publisher mm-hmm. it's just now now i have now i have a reason to further
1: maximize my- Well, and your time while you're creating them has some sort of income and motivation for it, which is a huge thing because, like I was doing 50 or 100 page books when I started doing film guides because there's a lot of paintings. And so even if I was Kickstarter funding them, I probably like I had to have the book almost completely done first. And then once I started getting Patreon, I'm like, okay, my time to do these paintings, and the paintings are so my time to work on the book is covered every month. Now I can do 300 page books, that's awesome. So there's there's definitely a balance, and I think a huge part of it is having that that support.
4: Jessica, I can see how this works with Barbara. I'm really struggling, and now I sw- swing over to, to Weston, to see how it works for anything longer than something like a short story in written work.
2: Can you, you can you discuss that? In. Yeah, I serialize. Okay. So I have I have two novels going right now. One is The Lost City People Things. Um, uh, and um, and then another one I'm writing with Brian Keane, um, which is Monsters of San Pan. And he and I have gone back and forth on this. And and the deal is 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 I I, I always love love the episodic nature television shows back in, back in the day, you know, where you had to mm-hmm. And so, and so that's kind of what we're doing with these. Um, and then sure enough at the end of the year, we're going to have a finished novel. So, 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 so that's how you do it. So uh, every two weeks, you decide every two weeks, every month is when you, is when you post something. And do you consider these to be finished
4: chapters or are they still kind of in a development stage i
2: i you know um 80%, 80%, uh, 80 percent 80 percent uh i mean you know i'm, I'm
0: always can i also answer his question i am a patreon supporter of Wen spencer i don't know if any of you have ever read any Wen spencer she is a she basically has a patreon page um she has three levels that i'm aware of four levels actually one of them will get you a guided tour of Hawaii if you may ever make it out to Hawaii that's <laughs> where she lives okay um, I don't know if anybody's ever taken her up on it but she posts when she's not in depression unfortunately she posts pretty much every day or every other day and she's posting snippets she writes and she does a lot of revision you will see her revisions you can see her process so she'll write a paragraph or, or several paragraphs describing something She'll think about it she'll come back the next day she will have revised it okay i've noticed that she doesn't come she doesn't post any of the conclusions to the chapters
3: <laughs>
0: she's po- she's putting she's doing the setups and it's character descriptions and a little bit of the plot but you have no idea how she's going to solve it okay I so she's this not this, uh, fascinating
1: on social media if you're a career of any type if you post whether you're writer, woodworker, artist, whatever. You will always get more likes and more attention posting things that are in progress than you will posting finished things. No one will buy an unfinished painting, but they want to see your process. I'm a big part of Patreon is people are going to be part of that process. And um, I know people say, well, okay, but Kickstarter is for a finished thing. I'm not an artist. I just have a novel. What do, I, what do I do for rewards? Here's the thing. You can very affordably hire an artist to do a couple of promotional pieces for you. Or you can do some very nice graphic design with quotes from your books, with taglines on shirts, with things like that. But there's always parts of your creations that people are going to be interested in. And if you're not sure what they're interested in, you ask. That's why you have this like group of people. Is because you can ask them, like, what thing
0: would you guys want me to make?
1: Yeah, she used to ask surprise?
0: us. She used to give us a series of five or six topics and say, okay, I'm going to write a couple paragraphs on one of these topics. It may never show up in the book, but would you like me to write about uh, the first birthday of this person or the this of that? And we would vote, and then she would write three or four paragraphs.
1: Well, that's cool because you'll be the only readers of the book who know the backstory. Yes. of that. Yes. Yes, she does. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great idea.
3: Wes, I, w- I want to ask you a question to clarify something. So you're serializing. Um, have you, so do you run into the situation where you're 40,000 words into it and you realize you've got to go back and make some revisions, maybe all the way back in the first chapter? Or have you mapped it out carefully enough so you don't- I don't work? write that way. Like
2: once, once, once it's the on paper, that's it. Okay, so you, you carefully- uh, I, I trust in myself enough where um, where uh, uh, unless it's at the very end and I'm just going back to do a final plan of of, of the novel before turning into like random House* or something like that, um, I don't worry about it. I, I just don't because because what what you what your patrons want is is they want they want raw raw unadulterated um, attention to you because you you're selling your creativity will you
1: and if you do have to make changes if you do make mistakes or you do I mean I I've, I've had to like completely change how entire projects worked as part of it just based so that's on kind of
3: well, printing
1: so- options for say that like a card changing or something I had to change things People like being part of that process because they can say hey did you know this writer was originally doing that if you if you're not familiar way back this is one of my my favorite bizarre pop culture things way back Humphrey Bogart and lauren recall did this movie called the big sleep and because the war was ending the studio held release of the film even though it was finished and they released a whole ton of war films first meanwhile lauren recalls was in another film that bombed and the studio head was a good friend of hers and said so we need to help her out we need to make this a better film So they took a lot of scenes that only had one or two side characters and changed them up for bigger actors and refilmed. And they also put additional plot twists into the movie. And if you watch closely, there are scenes where in the theatrical release of this film, Humphrey Bogart has dubbed himself out to change his dialogue to make the plot twist work. Every fan has the special edition, including me. And it has the shitty original version on it, and then it has the theatrical release version, which is a much better movie, but we all think it's really cool there was that original version. Mm-hmm. So and the, everybody is here because they want to hear about the creative process. They want to know how we work, and Patreon fans are the same way. A lot of my subscribers are other artists, other writers. They love that, that so, accessibility. So
3: the reason I asked the question is because I'm kind of a, I'm partially a pantser, and I'll get about 40,000 words into the book, and then I'll usually realize, I, maybe I need to introduce a new character early on. I might need to write some scenes and adjust things. And I might move the 40,000 words out to 50,000 words without advancing this, the position where the book's gone. Am I gonna, it, are, you, am I hearing you say that they're interested in that kind of process? Yes,
1: yes, and not only that, you might say, hey, I have three ideas on how to do this. Ah. I'm gonna put up a vote. What do you guys think? Wow. What should we do to fix this problem in the story? Should we kill this character, should we make this character have this happen to push that moment?" Like one of the problems we have as creators is, unless we have an editor who's reading our stuff every chapter, we're not getting feedback until we've done with them. It's a long way, but this way you're getting it every, what, two weeks, every
3: month. Like, it's a really, it, at first it's really terrifying. i stayed away from Patreon because I, I thought my process just made it.
0: Oh, oh no. People loved the process. When what, Spencer what are the convention about the process? <laughs> when Spencer spent three years writing a novel, I went back and read the early post before I joined. It was the same stuff, it was just slightly different, okay? She spent three years dragging people along in this writing process to write a novel. She's definitely a seat to the seat of the panel.
1: I mean. But if you're a, if you're a huge fan of someone, do you think it's really cool to be able to, I'm a huge fan of Weston and I saw his first draft on this that was never printed and how he developed and changed this. And I know more than all of you new fans, so fans love that. They do. <laughs> <laughs> but it is scary, like what was talking about like, how to have that, you're having that one to one, like that first, when you first start doing that versus having that sort of like bookstore distribution like between you and other people. And you definitely have to know where your boundaries are. Um, I used to kind of, when I was younger, to absolutely everything that anyone possibly wanted. And I ended up with one, I've only ever had to fire one subscriber, I fired a subscriber. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was actually because we had a total communication barrier and they just kept requesting things and I would get emails that are like, can you paint me a dragon for my painting? month that looks exactly like this dragon you already painted but totally different <laughs> <laughs> i literally had an email that said that and i was like okay it's not fair to my other subscribers to spend like time swapping 10 emails with this person every month and i found just like you're a nice person you can feel free to buy the finished books but the way that you're you know this is just not working and i apologize i don't know if it's me or whatever it is it's not working and they sent me, I think, a really pissed off email, but none of us today have been able to figure out what it actually says. So <laughs> <laughs> it's so confusing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that like, you have to know where your boundaries are for that and and know that you do not have to let like, your subscribers believe you <laughs> anyway.
2: One of the other one of the other things that I looked at when I was considering um, uh, becoming um, or, or looking at the patrons was um, old um, the old Western culture, right? Where where you know you, you had you had your artists who had who had the patrons, who were who, frankly they were ordered to do whatever else they would bad in I mean I mean the, the fact the matter is there is a relationship between, between creator and and fan um, that goes back to the beginning of the time. And the closer you can get to the, the DNA of that, I mean, the, the better it is, and the, and the more clear it I mean, there, there are times where I just, I love the fact that I have these people, I don't even know who, they are, who are, who are reading my stuff, anybody, and giving me money, and giving me really good insight into what, what, what I'm doing with the spaghetti. You know, this exclusive content that only a few people
1: forgetting. But again, it's like as a creator, you often get in your own head, and you're like, "I'm a writer. I have to like go back forty thousand words, to make a change. Which of four changes do it? Like, what would make a better story?" And you can second guess yourself so easily. And I think it's so, you spend so a long you're creating isolation, them. that's not the situation. You mm-hmm. other people in that. How much time do you spend managing your Patreon or Kickstarters? Um. Well, it's, I mean, basically what when when I'm, what I'm, I've had to cut back conventions, so, and actually I want, I want to talk about like another, another thing that has become a part of that as well, is Twitch uh, in the last two years for every type of creator, including writers, Twitch has become huge, um, which is basically a way that you can show yourself on video, talking about what you do. I did panels on Twitch as part of our virtual TUSCON last year, things like that. Um, basically when I am not at conventions <laughs> or shipping online store orders or actually painting or writing and sometimes I'm painting or writing on camera I pretty much it's my full-time job like this is my full-time business and it's now um, it was part-time when I started I had a day job nine years ago and I haven't had one since. And the biggest thing I can say is, if you're in doubt, ask. Ask other creators, but mostly ask people who you feel like will be your customers. If you're not comfortable with something as a customer, don't ask your fans to do that. And I tended to undervalue myself. I think most creators, either we tend to under or overvalue ourselves. But I learned very quickly, you're going to have people all over the world. They're not going to have a lot of money. Sometimes you need to have a way, like if you're a $5 subscriber to my Patreon and I have a new book that comes out, you get the digital copy for free. You just get it. It's just included. Because usually they stick around for at least a couple months, and that way they're getting something that's worth at least $5. Sometimes my digital books are 10 or $15, so you're getting that. But then I learned very quickly that there are people who are like, I want something super special. It's a collector's item. What I learned to do, and I would say it doesn't matter if you're an artist or not, if you make a space in your book, I put a This Book Belongs To page that has like a big blank space. So on uh, Kickstarter, if you get this book, I think our Kickstarter tier was about $35. It included a bunch of stuff, which is what I retail this for. But you get about $10. You get the digital copy. You get bookmarks. You get other stuff. But I also sold, and you can limit both on Patreon and Kickstarter, how many people can subscribe at a given tier. I sold about 80 of these for $55 a piece because I spent 20 minutes writing or drawing something on this page right here. And the only way you can get that, I won't do that for anyone at a convention, is if you Kickstarter over Patreon subscribe. So I think you can find ways, and it doesn't have the shipping weight, like things, and if you're not sure, again, ask people, like, what would you want me to do that's special? I know James Owen did the most insane Kickstarter I've ever seen, he did one once, and he basically took this part of his book And for his highest level subscribers, there was an entire comic book of pre-stories that were different in every single book that told you backgrounds of characters drawing. And he spent like a month, but he was getting like $200 a book or something ridiculous like that. And I mean, those fans got something one of a kind that's probably worth a lot of money now. So I think you have to decide kind of where you want to put your time. That's a huge part of it.
3: You completely. Overhauled my whole thought on this process. <laughs> <laughs> well, because <laughs> so, well, when I've always thought of Patreon or uh, Kickstarter, I always thought of, "Hey, I want money," kind of thing. And it's completely different because really, you're treating these people like investors, investing in your. Mm. But they're but they're
1: investors who are also fans of what you create. Yeah, they're, uh, they're like their biggest fans because yeah. they're paying you for it. So yeah, a lot of people think it's just about money. And is it paying my bills? Yeah, I mean, this is I don't I don't have traditional publishing contracts. I eventually got offered some and opted to just stick with Kickstarter because I can sell a book for $35 and make 20 bucks of that is mine. And the rest is printing cost. And I know that if I go the traditional route, that won't be the case. Uh, So I don't need to sell as many copies. And I love that most of my Kickstarters are under 300 people. I love that. I can sign things. People have, I had someone email me once and said, don't you want to make 50 grand a Kickstarter and mail to like 2,000 people? I'm like, no. <laughs> for me as a creator, I want to spend as much time creating. And I want to be able to have things that kids can afford. I want to be able to have things that like working parents can afford for their kids, for themselves, and sign things. and. As much as, I'm sure because I've ever had, I'm in Weston, you, you must have had some annoying fan interactions, at least at conventions. As much as you've had people who are, you're like, oh God, they have no personal boundaries. Um, you also have the people where that interaction, whether it's on Patreon or in person like it makes your day. I have a family in on the East Coast. I've never met them. Uh, it's parents and two kids, a little boy and a little girl. And every book I do, they buy three copies one copy is signed to the entire family and gets put away and no one ever touches it it's the collector's book and one is signed for the little boy and one is signed for the little girl and i will always remember six years ago she was about five years old Uh, my boyfriend and i got together and eventually like there was a photo of us at a convention we've been together for two years and i got an email from her mom and it said she wanted me to tell you she's okay with being your number two fan now because she understands oh, no. that you're number one. It's like girls. Like, I feel like those are the moments that like you don't get if you're not having that almost like that one to one, and then make you kind of. Old-to-one.
3: And it's going to see a of social
1: media. Yeah. It's yeah. The, the positive side versus the negative side that we see a lot of
3: out there. As what it aspires to be.
4: <laughs> so the, the question that I have is, and I'll start with kind of a statement, in for, for a, someone who is a creator but doesn't have a fan base yet. This seems, the, the analogy that I can draw is kind of like blogging. When you start out blogging, you have nobody out there listening and, and eventually people find you, however they find you, and they, they start getting engaged with you. Is, for, for someone in that situation, is something like Patreon or Kickstarter going to work that same way where there's going to be no action initially and then hopefully so. it will start to build?
1: What happened for me, is, and I encounter a lot of, is this is especially true if I encounter any creator under the age of 20. They want like, uh, with, the analogy I think of is they want to go buy a hammer, some nails and some boards, set them down and have a house built for them because they don't understand that like, just because you're using a tool, the tool doesn't do it for you. Um, what I always recommend is when you start out, start with not monthly subscriptions, but one off crowdfunding if you can. Unless you already have a fan base, obviously. Um, and do something small. So if you can do a small black and white book, something that costs you under $500 for your minimum print run, something that's a very reasonable goal, something like that will usually get funded on, on Kickstarter, even if you don't already have it. I didn't have like a virtual fan base for my first book, which was black and white, um, and I almost didn't make it, but then some crazy person pledged $200 and had me donate books to children, and that was actually, that was actually how I got started. Um, But yeah, I started from very small projects, and with Kickstarter especially, you usually have very low goals. Like, here's the book in this format, and if we raise 10 grand, we'll do more. But I think there's also a misconception for both Patreon and Kickstarter that you need thousands of people to make any money. I mean, I don't have, I have like 100 subscribers and it's paying my mortgage on Patreon. It's not that many. And on this Kickstarter, we had 230 people fund
3: it and we made $24,000. So, yeah, so it isn't as many people as you think. And I
1: actually talked to some other people because I do I do playing cards often with my art and stuff like that. I talked to some creators who had raised like $80,000, $100,000, and I realized they're not making any more money than I am per month because they're doing such giant print runs, and it takes them so long to get the product out there. And then they're taking, they're shopping things around to fulfillment places like stores to stock their stuff, which is entirely a viable thing. But as a creator like we're talking about, you have to choose where do you want to put your time and your energy. And for me, I want to put as much of it as possible into creating. So I do three to five Kickstarters a year and just do projects with a couple hundred people so that I can just keep making stuff because that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to minimize shipping. And, and if anybody has like specific questions about like, well, okay, how do you budget for shipping and who do you use for shipping? Well, I put a lot of that on my website, but you can also just come ask me at the booth in the vendor hall, and I'll be like, here's a bunch of information because it's a lot for like one panel.
2: How many subscribers do you have? You
1: probably have way more than me. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> okay. no, I have
2: twenty-five. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they, but they motivate you to do stuff every month, and they do, they do. And uh, I was just thinking about, you know, one of the things I, I really like about my Kickstarter is, that, uh, I mean, by my my patrons is, um, like if something's going down in the world, right? Some, something's happening in the world right now. I can, I can. I can throw out a poem out that I that I, that I um, create extemporaneously. Or I can just I can just throw an essay out there. And I have instantaneous comments by instantaneous people who actually care. Um, it's not it's not just the like, 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 like you get out and face and kind of Facebook and stuff like that. It's these people actually care because they're invested in you. And so the response you get from them is different than the it's response very rewarding. you get from somebody else.
1: Like that motivation, that feedback to me is at least having a bit of money and being able to do what you want with your books for a living is awesome. But constantly having people who are saying something is a good idea. And I learned very quickly, so I brought this book up here because of a, this is, I, just, I used to think I had to be a serious writer. And you guys laugh, but like when I did my early books, I was spending time researching like How do you tell if an animal is taking off from its footprint? So if I put that on a dragon field guide, and somebody who knows that reads it, they will know that like it's correct. Like i was very scientific. They know how a dragon. You can actually you can actually tell from like a bird's footprints when they take off like what the depth is and how you tell somebody's running or jumping. And I learned all of that stuff. And I was doing a lot of that. And one of the biggest things that Patreon helped me to realize people love when I'm ridiculous.
3: So when I was working on
1: this book, this is the one we our panel know, last night because this was a book I had an idea for when I was 12. What's uh, the Dragon Plus. It is dragons and other creatures all mixed together. And one of my Patreon subscribers said, you may not know about this mythologically, but if you're doing this book, this creature won't even be in here. You have to include a code of book. And I was like, what the hell is a code? I know my mythology! A Kotobuki is an animal that is in Japanese mythology that is comprised of every Oriental Zodiac animal and it's very specific. Like it has the ears of a rabbit and the belly of a dragon. I was like, oh, that's cool. When I was putting up a list of creatures to vote on, I was like, I'm just gonna put some stupid things on it just to see who knows it and they got the most votes. Which, which is why there is indeed a flamingo unicorn in this book, but if you're like, if you feel like you can't break through whatever, even if you're an established writer, whatever your boundaries are as a writer, because you're known for this, a lot of times you'll be surprised that your friends will be like, why do they want you to do this? Because you don't know. Like you get all these like walls and ideas and misconceptions in your head and that support that Weston's talking about where somebody will like just, understand where you're coming from as a creator is huge. Because even if you have an editor, and like they're a great editor, they're not gonna want you emailing them with like random phones and stuff. Like, hey, I had a bad day, I wrote this. Can you tell me if it's any good? And they're like, what does this have to do with our project? Like, they don't wanna hear that. But your fans do, and it's really cool to have that support and have that understanding. and. It also I think adds value to your work when people like now more and more understand how much work goes into books. Like it's demystifying kind of that process for people, which I think is good. They they used to think that we just sort of like meditated and optimistically appeared and completed in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's all
2: natural. We don't actually do this. That's level 10, right? level 10. I'm at like 1. 1.5 the <laughs> <break. Yeah. Yeah. laughs> so, <We're> now <laughs>
1: Yeah, which part of it is what's the perceived value of what you're offering people and if you're not sure ask them so sometimes i'll be like hey if we offered this the value for retail would be this the price you guys would have to be a little less this is what it would be here are the other options and they'll tell you like oh no it will sell at this price like because you don't know and a lot of times as a creator i think you undervalue yourself you're like oh no no one will pay this much for like a
0: draft of my book that's going to complete this type of
2: so if anybody, if anybody, um, after after this panel, you guys are are thinking about it, you know, for the next couple days, and if you guys are thinking about um a patriot, reach out to me because what I'll do is okay. I will I will link you to the same thing that the bank of read. Yeah, I'd like
1: you to read that too. Yeah, um, it's,
2: it's, it's, it's kind of like a treatise on that that somebody else wrote, and it's like, who are you to think that people don't want to want to be or your, 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 who, who are you i mean you don't know this is this is what people think and it really it's really touching it's really um, preconditioned it. and it's, it's really um, very smart in the way that it comes across and it kind of gives you permission to do the, that that thing that you know you, you kind of want to because if, if you guys are anybody like me um I don't like retail. I don't like to hand-sell like hand anything, and for a long time I thought patron was hand-selling things. It's not. Patron's a partnership.
1: And the future is really the same way. Often you're sending someone like your book, but they are very much involved in like, the print and shipping. And the more honest you are about that whole process, the more likely you are not going to have people want to be a part of it, but to feel good, like, I've, I've looked at Kickstarter projects where I have liked the project and not ended up pledging to it because the person was charging some weird exorbitant amount for shipping and not explaining why. And one person I even asked and they said, well, we inter- found that international shipping was so expensive, so we averaged shipping, hmm. U.S. and international, and we kept charging everyone the same amount for shipping. And I'm like, what? That's really weird. Like, why would you, how did you arrive at that conclusion? And I didn't end up backing the project because I thought asking me $25 for book shipping in the US is ridiculous. So okay. I'm um, in the process of self-publishing for KDB, um, digital public. Right. How does Patreon like releasing, like say I want to do a, a tier of like five bucks and you get a digital copy of the book for that Amazon? Does that conflict with their so that's actually something I have to deal with?
2: So that's a very good question. Um,
1: with <laughs> kvp mm-hmm. you are there's there's no restrictions but if you choose to be in the kindle unlimited program your digital copy has to be available only from kindle while it's in the program uh, so if you are offering say PDFs to your subscribers to on Kickstarter, like i often are like i said you'll get a digital copy of my book well, later after that when it's released on kindle i usually do kindle unlimited and if you guys don't know kindle unlimited and you are self-publishing it's a program to explore uh, basically, people pay ten dollars a month to read anything in Kindle Unlimited, and Amazon takes all of the money from Kindle Unlimited. They keep none of it. They divide it up amongst pages read for authors. And you're like, that's not that much. Yeah, they get thirty nine million dollars. So even if there's billions of pages read, if someone reads this book on Kindle Unlimited, I'll get a dollar fifty and have to do nothing, and my fans don't have to pay any extra to read it. So you want to definitely look for those options, but if you talk to me like in the vendor afterwards, I'll tell you because the, uh, I don't. <laughs> I publish some things through KDP and some things through Ingram, and if you're self-published, it's a different panel. But we can, I can tell you like what the advantages are actually because so I have things printed by both of my booth, so I can show you
0: what the differences
1: are.
3: If
1: that helps. And, and likewise, if you guys have questions later today, you can ask me here, but you can also like, take my card, and send me an email. I'm very friendly about like, here's information and I won't tell you you're doing it wrong, I'll just give you information so you can try to make choices that work for you. I also want to get that
2: link you because I want to read that out. <laughs> I'm very curious. You know, gmail.com. So just just email me at this, at this right here and I'll follow us give the link. What was, um, that, um, what was that again? Weston Oaks at gmail.com I'm, I'm in the guide. <laughs> I feel like you're, you're, uh, if your flagger right here has been through it. I feel
1: like you must have done like 20 more <laughs> It's <laughs> my fault. It's my fault. I'm forgetting my name. We used him and oh, so okay. many times. I still think <laughs> we just, um, I, you know what, I'm just gonna look at where we can get them made for us and we'll just have little metal ones that we'll just put yeah. on ourselves there to you show. So, so we do end up yeah, conventions. I have one of those from my old, old home somewhere, from my old office. If we can get like lightweight metal ones of them in the, the
3: So the dog anchors will work. So a future of, if you
1: are doing <laughs> Kickstarter, whatever it is, is as a creator, you decide how much you want to learn in business. And how much you just want to partner with someone so sometimes if you don't want to learn the whole business side or put a day a month into keeping up to date you might choose to work with a publisher on the small press publisher who does kickstarters or invest in your book themselves or you might choose to work with like a game company that will take your your art your book your project whatever and, and do it as part of what they do so you can choose this, all different levels um, but I will say this, if you, are, if you are budgeting time and money for Patreon work and for Kickstarter work, figure out what it's gonna take you and add extra time, always. Because things will go wrong. You will get a cold or printing will take longer or something will happen and if you have extra time and you don't need it, then people get stuff early. So if you figure out like on Patreon what you can provide, that like you're serializing per yeah. month, what you can provide, figure out what you could do and how much time it would take And then tell people you're providing less. And then if you have time, then ooh, we're getting bonus content. Cool. But then you're not like running yourself into the ground for it because it will take more time. (laughs) It will take over your (laughs) life. At least for me. I don't know how much time we have left. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Okay. Any? We have more questions.
3: Bonus questions. Bonus questions. (laughs) (laughs) if you're issuing revisions, does Patreon have a means for doing that or you just kind of use common sense and good judgment or bad judgment? Um,
1: you can actually edit previous posts and you can choose when you edit them if it should email people There's a new, there's a revised post so you couldn't choose to just edit it and have it email everybody again And they,
3: they have it automatically set up to you know send it out to everybody it was sent out to before
1: yeah you can you oh, can have it cool. do that or oh. i think you could make a new one and say i think the, to me it's be better to make a new post and say here's the new version of this and then actually even go find your old post and link it and say here's what here's what we changed like look at look at how we revised this because again you're going to have a lot of people <coughs> whether they ever want to be writers or Artist or whatever it is or not, who just find how you develop things fascinating? It's like to us, this is grunt work. To people who have no idea how this works, it's literally magic. They're like, how did this happen? So I used to be that person. Who's like I'll just post like really pretty art when it's like at a point where the painting was mostly done. No, people love seeing like shitty sketches of mine with badly spelled notes <laughs> and that stuff. They love that stuff. they love the behind the scenes stuff you know it's like movies how often do you like seeing the bloopers as much as the movie because you like
0: understanding though you may have to post please do not correct my spelling this is just a draft (laughs) it's very clear that there is to be
1: edited by someone who will catch every place I have used the word bread instead of brie, which I do all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I constantly talk about breading dragons. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, that led to people <laughs> requesting me to write a cookbook, so. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> they are crunchy and tasty, They are crunchy. Yeah, if you're, if you're a writer, I'm They're sure you guys know, know that you have typos you make a lot, and mine is really comical. But your fans, like, they love that. They love those, we all love those stories. That's why we go to panels here. They love hearing those stories of the weird typos and processes. Does Patreon provide a methodology for polling your readers? Or do you just
3: ask them and have them email you? You or? can do
1: polls. Uh, when you choose what type of post you're doing, you can choose things like it's an image, it's just text, it's a video. Uh, when you do a poll, you have the option of saying people can vote for multiple things, they can pick only one option, and you can put if there's a start and end time. So they, they pretty much did cover all of that. And I actually was one of those people who refused to have a Patreon when it started because I felt like it was too new, the technology wasn't, like, they just didn't implement things well. But 2017, which had probably been around two or three years at that point, when people started asking me, they wanted to, like, see my works in progress on paintings, and I was like, would you pay a dollar a month? I will just throw up pictures of stuff that looks crappy, that's fine. and I was really surprised to have, like learn that people wanted more. One thing I did figure out this year, I I always feel like an idiot saying this because I think it took me way too long to figure this out, is that people can subscribe to your Patreon, look at a bunch of your content for a month, and then cancel the subscription and come back a month later or two months later, three months later, just check in with you once in a while. Well that's fine, but I was like, I want to motivate people. Patreon uh your are goes to offer a year-long subscription, then you can actually choose how much of a dis- discount someone gets up to 10% if they subscribe for a year. So you could even say, end of the year, we're making that discount more to encourage people to prepay a whole year. So I said, what if we do a thing where we offer like a t-shirt that only Patreon subscribers get at the end of the year, and you can buy it. This way, shipping is covered, but for every month you've subscribed, I will include like a bookmark or a sticker or something else. So if you subscribe 12 months, you're getting 12 little bits. They cost me 10 cents a piece. So they'll go in there, but there'll only be things you get on the Patreon subscriber. So we're trying that out this year, and if you ask me in the comments, that year. you'll leave on that list. But yeah, if you can figure out things to give people incentives, or to me, it's incentives, but it's also a way to reward people the more that they spend their time and money on what I do, the more I want them to have. Does Patreon keep track of who gets what tier? Yes, for you. So oh, yes. you know which tier gets uh, not only that but you can actually choose what your benefits are because they deal so patreon had this little headache for the last couple of years when sales tax cracked down on them and said we to charge on some things but obviously sales tax is not charged on some types of things you get to vote on what I paint you're not being charged a sales tax fee for that but if I'm sending you a print in the mail that is a taxable thing so what they had people do is say on this tier how much of it is which type of benefit and you can choose on your benefit. This is something it's physically mailed. They have to give us an address, and it is mailed once a month. And then at the end of the month, it'll say you have X number of print bed- benefits to send people, or X number of digital benefits, so that you have, they've, they've worked on that in the last couple of years. It's very easy to use. So, they, they will oh, yeah. there will basically a place that you can go that has all of these addresses you have yep. to mail. This, prints to these 10 people. Yep, and you can even export it as a spreadsheet and have it run envelopes out of software and not even have to do anything. as <laughs> possible. What am I making on your, your envelopes? I
2: don't know. I can I, I can <laughs> printing all your well, labels, West. Where are so
1: um any of the
2: uh Is it part of the is it part of the relationship manager? Yeah,
1: there's a place in there where you can just click a little button. It's really not obvious, it's a CSV file, and it will give you a spreadsheet. Right, okay. And most software, like, like yep. Microsoft Word or anything, you can have it give you. Yeah, no, it's yep. it's okay. much easier. Yeah, they took them that yeah, a awesome. while. They have reworked the Relationship Manager and the Benefits Manager in Patreon for others. The thing is, Patreon does actively listen to requests and things. And the one thing I have asked for over and over again that they don't do, and I think it's because they don't understand why people want it, is You can't buy subscriptions for other people. And I would love to be able to say, hey, if you go on my Kickstarter and you buy an original painting, you'll get two months of Patreon free. Because somebody could go check it out. It would be, like, I can't do that. There's no way to do that uh and it's been on their request list for a while so there's a few things like that that i would love well, to i will go to patreon and i will request it well. <laughs> well, no I, think, people. I think they're not understanding that because they also haven't looked at twitch business model and one of the big things on twitch is a lot of people give subscriptions to others mm-hmm. and i've even had like grandparents be like i want to get my daughter a patreon subscription but like how do we do this because it has to, we have to make an account for her and put my credit card on it or my paypal so mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those things where. That's my one complaint I wish they would fix, because I think they're they're missing a lot of potential subscribers that way. Can you tell us a little bit about this Twitch (laughs) (laughs) thing? So, two years ago I had no idea what Twitch was. Like me. (laughs) I thought it was something related to video games, which it was. It was originally developed as a way for people who play video games to show themselves playing video games (laughs) to people all over the world. But then it evolved, and especially during all of the pandemic stuff, it evolved a lot. And now Twitch is a way for you to show anyone what you're doing. You can go watch videos of otters live with live feeds of otters in the zoo if you want to. You can watch your favorite DJs spinning on a Saturday night, or you can watch me doing oracle readings with my decks or watching on painting. without like a password. In fact, you don't even have to have an account. You can just go watch it. But if you want to go in the chat, you need a username. It's completely free. So that's how it's... That's how it differs from Zoom. But it's, it's publicly available, and people can even rewatch past videos for a certain amount of time. Uh, and the cool thing about it is that you have the option of having subscribers there do get additional credits there as well. So it's, it's another way to sort of, I've gotten a lot of Patreon subscribers from people seeing me thinking on Twitch and going, how can I support you? So
2: that's like a big part of it. I think we're probably
1: about time. All I And I'll say this, if you guys are shipping anything at all, whether it's just Christmas presents or you are shipping stuff professionally, you should be using something called Pirate Ship. Yep. It is a godsend. It is completely free. It is the most amazing thing because it will take PSU bottles. And it will do all of your packages for you. And it will also—it pretty much does everything you ever want a shipping thing to do. And unlike Stamps.com, it's free. Uh, it's amazing. It has changed my life. And it also has a discount program for international shipping, which is So even if you're just shipping Christmas presents. Just their interface, you're like, what did I ship? Like, oh, here's where it is on a map. Well, what's that calling? It's mean? really easy to
3: run a pirate ship. It's been around for about two years and has, like, made my job about 30,000. I don't know. There's no I I've been aware of that.
4: Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D, Journey of the 5th Edition, and Scion, Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story.
0: Thank you for listening.